Okay, well, happy Mother's Day, everybody. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I'm going to celebrate Mother's Day after this morning. It was a bit of a rush. So I said to my kids, no breakfast in bed. I'm going to beat you. I'll be up and out of the house before you even rise. So we're going to celebrate later on today. But I would like to share with you a story about three women that encountered Jesus and their lives are transformed forever. An amazing change. And I'm excited about sharing that with you this morning because I believe that Jesus still transforms lives. And not just women's lives, so men's lives too. So guys, it's Mother's Day, but this is for you too. You're welcome to listen in, even though I'm going to be talking about some amazing women's life stories. Now, I don't know about you if you've ever been Mary in the Nativity play. I never got that opportunity. And I think half the problem was that I was an identical twin and everybody always wants to be fair. So how can you give one twin the role of Mary and the other one's just a shepherd? It's not really fair. So we were always two shepherds or two angels or two wise men and I never, ever got to be Mary. My older sister did. Penny got to be Mary once and I was really jealous. And then I've been in church circles for a long time and usually around Christmas time, even when you're growing up, you have a big uh, carol service and it's always the baby that's born closest to Christmas that gets to be the real baby Jesus. And I went, okay, there's still a chance. There's still a chance for me to get that lead role of Mary. And I end up having Jacob on the 29th of December. Missed it all together. Jake, you should have been earlier. Never, ever got to be Mary. But as I start looking at the life of Mary, you know what? I don't think I want the lead role anymore. I don't think I want that part because her story, oh, there's a bump there. Her story is a tough one. You see, most of you probably know, but I'm going to do a bit of a recap. An angel turns up, tells Mary that she's going to have this baby. Mary's pretty calm about it, but asks a few questions because she just wants to know a few details about how this is all going to happen because it's a little bit weird. Thankfully, the angel turns up and says, keep this in mind. Nothing is impossible with God. This is a really important fact to remember. And then Mary responds and she says, I'm the Lord's servant and I'm willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. Here we have Mary, the mother of Jesus, who's entrusted with a mammoth task. I don't think she even knows what she's in for. She's told she's going to have this amazing child, which is the son of God, and she accepts that task willingly. So here's Mary with this incredible secret that she now has to go and convince her family that she's about to give birth to the Son of God. And then when she convinces a family, thankfully an angel turns up and brings Joseph into the scene as well, and he's okay with it. Well, he's sort of okay with it. He gets it because it's from an angel. And then suddenly they have to leave Bethlehem and they go off. No, they don't leave Bethlehem. They go to Bethlehem and she has to have this baby away from all the women in her family that would have supported her. And then she ends up in this stable or this shed or this cave or just the wrong place to have a baby. And then what's more, all these visitors turn up. Now, any of you who've had a baby, you know when everyone wants to come and visit you with a new baby and they say, what's a good time? And you go, 
no idea. I haven't got time to have a shower. How can I organise a time for you to come and visit me and my baby? And what's more, she's in this odd place without her family around to make cups of tea. She's on her own. Shepherds turn up with the sheep and then kings. And she's stuck trying to deal with visitors. And that's just the start of it. And then suddenly this horrible king wants to murder every male child under the age of two. So they escape. But can you imagine the trauma of knowing that because of your baby, King Herod is going to slaughter every other male child? How horrific to be in that situation. And that's just the start of Mary's story, a mammoth task. Take a look at this clip from the movie The Passion and you start to get a feel of what it must have been like to be Mary, the mother of Jesus. A mammoth task, a task I wouldn't want. I wonder if sometimes in life we feel the heaviness. Maybe there's a task that we've, we've got that we didn't want. Maybe we're trying to be a good parent. Maybe we're trying to be good in our career. Maybe we're trying to be a good partner. Maybe we're struggling with an illness that may never get better. I wonder if you ever feel the heaviness of life and it you just feel weighted down all the time. When I think about that, and we all have different situations, whether we chose them or whether they've just fallen upon us, I think about Mary, who has this amazing ability of acceptance and trust. And it's almost as if she takes that mammoth task and rather than trying to carry it by herself, She puts it down and she says, God, I'm going to trust you because nothing is impossible with God. And there's heaps of times in my life that I can carry that weight and get stressed and get grumpy and get angry and it's not fair and all of that. But I'm reminded that I just have to put it down and say, God, would you step into that heaviness? Would you step into that mammoth task? Would you help me? to do that because God you are good and nothing is impossible with you and I know that you can step into every mammoth task of my life and make a difference I wonder if you have a mammoth task that God wants you to accept and say okay God I'm going to trust you with that mammoth task I wonder if you've ever felt a bit left out, a bit odd, a bit different to everybody else. I can remember it like it's now, but it was many, many years ago. I was on my grade six camp. And you see, I was celiac. I was celiac before it was trendy to be celiac. There was no one else in my school that was celiac. It was only me that ate crumbly sausage rolls and bread that just didn't stick together and And you couldn't order anything from the canteen because there were no gluten-free options. And I went to grade six camp with this. This was my tin of homemade, gluten-free, crumbly little cakes. This was my morning tea, my dessert at lunch, my afternoon tea and my dessert at tea. You had to take your own. There was no option to tick dietary requirements, gluten-free, dairy-free. 
no, 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 no. My mum had to cook them all. So off I go to camp with my tin of little cakes. And I didn't like being the odd one out. I used to go to parties with a little plate of party food so that I could go to people's parties. And I was shy and I was embarrassed and I hated being the odd one out. And I remember being at grade six camp, sitting there with my tin of little cakes. Oh, it's even got the doily still in it. (laughs) I've never used it, but I've just kept it. It just reminds me of those days. And I remember sitting, eating one of my little cakes and Mr. Mitchell, my grade six teacher came and sat down with me and said to me, hey, Bron, your cakes look better than everybody else's. Can I eat one of your cakes? And I couldn't believe that someone would want to eat one of my little crumbly gluten-free cakes. And he just made me feel okay and accepted. There was another woman that felt a bit left out, a bit different, You see, this lady's name was Mary Magdalene. We don't know a whole lot about her, but we do know that she had been healed of seven demons. Her life had been transformed because she was probably called the crazy lady, that weird lady that nobody gets, nobody understands. But yet Jesus came and healed her. He calmed her. He gave her a new life. And from the moment that he healed her, she followed Jesus. She was one of his most passionate supporters. She listened to him. She listened to his teaching. She adored him. She followed him from the trial to the cross and to the grave. And so much so that she didn't even want to leave this dead body because what might happen now? Now that Jesus was gone, was she going to go back to that life of torment? That crazy lady, was it going to come back now that he was gone? But it was a Sabbath and she needed to leave. She needed to leave the tomb. But she would come back on the very next day. And the most incredible thing was when she came back to the tomb, the stone was rolled away, the grave was empty and Jesus was there. And Jesus entrusted this once crazy lady with an incredible message. An incredible message to go and tell everyone that I'm alive. I've risen from the dead. But Mary, the once crazy lady who'd been healed, goes and tells the disciples and they don't believe her. The very ones that shouldn't have known. I mean, why would you? Why would you believe a lady that was once crazy? But Jesus saw the value in her and entrusted her to a really important message. I know this is a bit ancient and nobody uses these anymore, but I sure thought it was a much nicer illustration than a mobile phone. I wonder if you've got an important message to share or are you just a bit weird? You know, as Jesus followers, we have an incredible message to share. I went to a 50th last week And the girl who was sharing did thanks to her family and friends and all the incredible people in her life. And then she stopped and she said, this might sound a little bit weird, but I need to tell you about Jesus. Jesus is the greatest person in my life. And I'm only here today because of what Jesus has done in my life. And I need to tell you. 
Sorry if it's a bit weird, but it's true. And it made me think, is there a message that we need to tell? And if we're not telling it, why aren't we telling it? Because Mary Magdalene was so bubbling over with the amazing things that Jesus had done in her life, despite what people thought of her, despite what she'd been labelled, she went, I'm going to tell everyone. She wasn't weird, she was real. And I'm wondering for some of us who have journeyed for a long time with Jesus, have you lost that bubbling over, that amazing, can I tell you about what God's doing in my life? Can I tell you what I'm praying about? Can I tell you what I've just heard? Can I tell you what I've just read in the Bible? It is amazing. Have we lost that bubbling over? If you have, seek it. Try and find it again because we have an incredible message to share. Let's not be let's not be weird because if we force it and we go, I should just talk about Jesus because I should, that's weird. But if we're bubbling over with what God's doing in our lives, it's exciting, it's real, it's amazing. I wonder if some of us need to step out and say, God, work in me, bubble over in me so that I can tell people about the great things that you're doing in my life. Then there's one more woman. We don't actually even know what her name is. But she got caught out. I got caught out really badly recently. Actually, it was probably a year ago. I'd just come from Eastland. Tilly was with me. She's given me permission to share this story, so she's not glaring at me. It's okay. And we just come around the corner into Bedford Road. And as I was driving along, I suddenly saw the lights flashing in the background. You know that horrible feeling when you go, oh, and I went, I'm not speeding, I'm not on my phone, I'm actually, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not, so I thought, I'll just be nice to the policeman. I mean, really, he might just be doing a routine check or something. So he pulls me over. I go, oh, what am I, what am I doing wrong? I don't, I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. He goes, don't you know? And I go, no. He says, ask your daughter. I look at Tilly, still no idea, and he says, is she your daughter? I said, yep. He goes, she hasn't got her seatbelt on. Now, I have to tell you, Tilly always wears her seatbelt. She does. My other daughter doesn't, but Tilly does. <laughs> and part of me was going, it's the wrong daughter, you caught the wrong daughter. And I, and I went, oh, I'm terribly sorry. I'm a good mother and I expect my children to wear the seatbelt, but I just didn't notice. And, and I thought, he's just going to be really stern with me. He's going to have a chat and say, you know, you've got to make sure your kids wear this. Yes, officer, of course you have to make sure your, parents, your children wear seatbelts. Anyway, then he takes my license and off he goes. And, you know, you're sitting there stewing going, oh, what's going to happen? And he comes back and he says, I'm going to have to fine you. How old is she? 16. Oh, well, it's going to be a bigger fine because we're fining you. She's not wearing her seatbelt. It's your responsibility. And I went, how much is it? $340. I got fined for her not wearing a seatbelt. <laughs> there was no way out of it. I was caught. I could argue and yell. I could argue and say, do you ever make your teenage children wear seatbelts? Do they listen to you? There was nowhere to go. I was caught out. I was wrong. I'd broken the law. She'd broken the law. She was my kid and she was my responsibility. There was nowhere to go. I got caught out. 
so too did this woman. I do wonder if she was caught in the act of adultery, why she was the only one caught. Don't know how the guy got away. But the only one who was condemned, the only one who was qualified to condemn her was Jesus. And Jesus says to her, go and sin no more. It's not as if he let her off scot-free. It was a high price that Jesus was about to pay. Not only for her sins, but the sins of all her accusers, the sins of all mankind. Jesus was going to pay the high price. It was as if she had been given another chance. But it wasn't get out of jail free because there was a cost to free her, an incredible cost. Jesus said to her, go and sin no more. She was entrusted with another chance. And her response, we actually don't know. We actually don't know what did she do when Jesus freed her released her. I like to think that she took that chance and she chose a new life, she chose a new way rather than going back to the arms of another man. Three women who encountered Jesus whose lives were changed forever. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was entrusted with a mammoth task. Her response was acceptance and trust. Have you got a mammoth task? that you could ask Jesus, would you step into my life and make a difference? Maybe you've never even trusted Jesus before. Maybe you're not even sure if he could make a difference. Maybe today, this Mother's Day, is a day that you might go, I'm going to try this Jesus guy. I wonder if he could make a difference in my life when I'm feeling the weight. Or maybe like Mary Magdalene, You have been entrusted with incredible message to tell others and your response could be obedience. God, may I bubble over with incredible truth and richness of journeying with you and telling others. Or perhaps you're someone who's been entrusted with another chance. I wonder what your response is. I wonder what your response is. Jesus, today wants an encounter with you. What's your response?